Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for listening. It's nice to be back in Detroit and back on the air after a week of vacation overseas. My brain is still trying to reset, uh, so bear with me a little today, but uh, we'll have fun, get back into the swing of things as we get geared up for the November elections. And speaking of the elections, we're going to spend the whole hour today talking about election 2016. Donald Trump continues to have a really hard time getting any traction going in the polls to nibble into that lead that Hillary Clinton built up after the Democratic National Convention. Meanwhile, Clinton herself seems to be able to sort of dodge around all of the the various scandals or news that come out about her by sort of pointing to the fact that her opponent is Donald Trump, somebody who can't keep his own foot out of his mouth. Is it going to continue this way through the fall? Uh, is this going to be the way it ends with a, a trouncing of the Republican candidate like we have not seen since the mid-1960s, or is there an opportunity for Donald Trump to turn things around and start to make some progress with the American people? Uh, While I was out of town last week, I did see that Donald Trump made what was, I guess, what he would call an overture to black voters, saying basically, what do you got to lose? Things are all pretty bad for you in America right now. I thought it was a very interesting approach, I thought uh, the substance of his comments were even more interesting in terms of the complexity of them. Some of the things he said, I think if you look around cities like Detroit, Milwaukee, where we're seeing unrest in the black community, places like Baltimore and Washington and Chicago, there's no question that things are very challenging for African-Americans and in African-American communities across America. Is Donald Trump right in the way he's trying to reach out to them, though? And what is he offering? black Americans in terms of policy changes that might lift them out of the poverty that he seems all of a sudden very focused on. So we're going to talk about all of that today. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call, 313-577-1019, all hour to talk about Donald Trump and African Americans, talk about Hillary Clinton and the lead that she's building up uh, in the presidential campaign, what you're looking forward to this fall in terms of the debates and other things that may change uh, the, 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 the numbers and the positions of the candidates. Again, 313 577 1019 is the number. A few former governors from here in Michigan have already endorsed Hillary Clinton for president. That includes Republican Bill Milliken and Democrat Jim Blanchard. Meanwhile, there have been no public endorsements of Donald Trump from Michigan's former governors. Uh, Rick Snyder, our current governor, is sort of sitting silent on that. While endorsing Clinton seems to have come easily for our state's political elite, Clinton's campaign has not been short on controversy, of course. So why jump to endorse the candidate? And can her policy proposals benefit Michigan? Here to help us sort that out is Jim Blanchard, the former governor of Michigan, former ambassador to Canada. Governor Blanchard, welcome to Detroit Today. Well, good morning, Stephen, and welcome back. Yes, it's nice to be back. It's nice to hear your voice. Uh, you are a, a Hillary Clinton supporter and uh, are out front uh, a little bit more than we're used to seeing you uh, here in the state of Michigan talking about why you're supporting the Democratic uh, candidate for president this time. Uh, tell me what, what inspired you to come out so early and has, what has inspired you to be so active? Well, I've, I've known Bill and Hillary Clinton for 24 years and worked with them 
directly as a governor and then ambassador to Canada. And I just can't think of anyone more qualified to be president with the kind of background she's had as first lady, as a senator, as a secretary of state, as a public figure. I just can't think of anyone not only more qualified and having the temperament to be president and the experience, but someone that will focus on the things we need, like in Michigan, like jobs and economic development, infrastructure, fairness, someone who wants to be president for all of America, not just a segment of America. So I'm, I'm a big, big fan and um, have been for a long time. So. Uh-huh. Uh, let's talk about Michigan uh, and, and Donald Trump's appeal or seeming appeal to folks here by talking about trade deals. He's made a lot out of the fact that he believes that NAFTA, uh, a trade deal, that uh, uh, former President uh, George H.W. Bush and, and then uh, f- uh, former President Clinton uh, helped put together um, uh, has cost people a lot of, a lot of money and work uh, in America. And he says Detroit is, is sort of ground zero and Michigan is sort of ground zero for looking at the negative effects of NAFTA. How do you answer that? Uh, uh, and, and what is it that you think uh, is Hillary Clinton's answer uh, to those criticisms that, that she is for uh, trade deals like NAFTA and will embrace the TPP, even though she says now she will not, uh, that, that in, in Trump's mind would exacerbate the jobs picture here? Well, you know, let's get back to reality here. Michigan had lost thousands of jobs years before NAFTA. That's true. Roger and Me's movie came out in 1989. NAFTA began in 1994. So, and I know that because I became governor. Right. And I saw what was going on. And by the way, Flint was a disaster then. Right. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, let me just say this, though. Uh, Trump said on Friday, Michigan's manufacturing is a disaster. We have 4.5% unemployment in Michigan. If it hadn't been for Barack Obama with the strong support of Hillary Clinton, the auto industry would have been totally decimated. The auto rescue by itself not only saved General Motors and Chrysler, but also indirectly Ford and all the suppliers. I mean, we had record auto sales this, this past year. So the reality of Trump is he's on another planet here. I mean, Michigan's manufacturing sector is, doing, is increasingly doing very well. Now, as far as NAFTA is concerned, Hillary has said for years it ought to be renegotiated. Any trade deal can be improved, so we'll have to see what that really means. But we should not confuse that with the resurgence of autos, advanced manufacturing, and Michigan's economy. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, go ahead. Trump's description of that plays into some sort of national narrative, as his comments about African Americans does, but it defies reality. Uh, talk also about uh, the Detroit area here uh, in Michigan and uh, something that developed while you were while you were governor here. This sort of idea of Reagan Democrats, which which has its home and its heart, I think most uh, most prominently in Macomb County. Here, yeah. uh, Donald Trump seems to be trying to sort of reignite the the anger and the frustration that those people felt with the Democratic Party 
by pointing at things like these trade deals. I mean, one of the things he's saying is that uh, that Democrats have not fought for and protected uh, the middle class and and uh, upper lower class uh, uh, workers the way that that it should. Uh, do you believe that's true? And and certainly the voting patterns uh, since that time have suggested that there is a, a, a significant amount of frustration with the Democratic Party yeah. among former Democratic constituencies. Is is Donald Trump resonating with those folks? Not, I think, a little bit, but not like Ronald Reagan did. I mean, the Reagan Democrats surfaced in 1980, so right. we're talking about, what, 36 years ago. Yeah. Uh, Barack Obama carried Macomb County in the last election. He did. So That's if the right. Reagan Democrats were alive and well, trust me, Barack <laughs> Obama would not have carried <laughs> Macomb County. Remember, before they were Reagan Democrats, they were George Wallace Democrats. Yeah, now, you're a little true. young to remember. <laughs> I am. That's right. The 1972 <laughs> primary when George Wallace beat Hubert Humphrey and George McGovern. Now, it was largely over the busing issue, but race, as you know, was a factor here. Yeah. Uh, I'm... The stuff I'm looking at now, the measurements show that Donald Trump is not resonating with blue-collar workers in Michigan like he claims. In fact, he's running, uh, he's running behind John McCain and Mitt Romney. Yeah. Yeah. Now, having said that, I don't think either party has done a great job of dealing with the people who are displaced from trade. We all talk about job training and portability of pensions, but... Not enough has been done, in my opinion. Not enough. And so what's the question? Uh, I would say Democrats are much more amenable to doing things. But, you know, right now, Congress is controlled, has been, by the Republicans. Uh, Yeah. And and what is it that you think is the opportunity for Hillary Clinton to do something different? I mean, there's no question she stands for something very different. But why, why would things change if she were elected? Well, I, first of all, her record as Secretary of State and also as a senator has been pretty good in working across the aisle. Before she surfaced as a presidential candidate, sure. Republicans were very complimentary to her in the Senate and also as Secretary of State. In fact, her, her favorability rating was pretty good when she left the Secretary of State's office. It's only since she's been a candidate that the other side has been trashing her. Uh, so I think Hillary will work well with both parties in Congress. One of her plans is to have a major infrastructure program to rebuild America. And that's going to be a lot of jobs. It's largely building trades jobs. We're going to have a shortage of building trades with our new Gordie Howe Bridge, with the arenas being built in Detroit. We're going to need training desperately. In fact, they should be, Michigan should be cranking up the training programs right now. Uh, and, and, and so I think... She's going to be really good for our economy and resurgence. And unlike Trump, she does not believe that auto workers are overpaid or we ought to move plants to the south. And by the way, that's a lot of what happened with layoffs. It wasn't necessarily trade deals. It was jobs moving to to southern states. And that's been a big problem. Or, frankly, automation. Right, right. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Jim Blanchard, former governor of the state of Michigan, former ambassador to Canada. We're talking about the 2016 presidential election and the campaign. We're talking about Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Uh, Things starting to heat up again after 
the uh, nominating conventions of both Republicans and Democrats are over uh, with that and now looking forward to the fall campaign. The debates really are the next big sort of attention getters on the schedule. But of course, the candidates continue to get attention uh, for things that they say and do on the campaign trail. Donald Trump making news uh, last week over the weekend uh, talking about uh, African-Americans, how he thinks African-Americans should be in favor of his presidency because, well, as he says, well, what do they have to lose? Uh, things are pretty bad for African-Americans in lots of cities uh, around the country. And Donald Trump says, basically, they can't get any worse. So why not come with me and, and forge a different path? Uh, do you think he is right? Do you think he's speaking uh, in, a, in a way that will attract African-Americans? Is he making good points about the status of African-Americans in America right now? Give us a call. You want to join the conversation, talk about the election, talk about Donald Trump, talk about Hillary Clinton. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. Let's go to Tom in northwest Detroit. Tom, welcome to Detroit Today. Yes, good morning to both of you. And, and you know what? As far as I'm concerned, the real Donald Trump, the guy that started running last year for president, that's Donald Trump. With them changing campaign managers, and I mean Donald Trump coming out, to me, a schizophrenic bag showing a different person. No, no, no. What you see is what you get. Last year, when Donald Trump, he put his best foot forward, and that's what he did. And you know, as far as him appealing to me, which I look like you, Steve, a little bit lighter, (laughs) but nonetheless, I'm black, and he sits there and appealing to me for my vote. Well, excuse me, I'm sorry. You've insulted every just about nationality or ethnic group in this country, and you want me to turn around because you say, what do you got to lose? Listen, what I have left, I'm not going to lose it with him, okay, because the only person in this race who is qualified to sit in the most powerful seat in this country is Hillary Rodham Clinton. And I mean, on Trump, can you imagine him getting a phone call at 4 o'clock in the morning <laughs> on the red button? Uh, <laughs> you know, we've got to have somebody with sound so, mind. And uh, so, Tom, l- l- let me ask you this, though. I mean, some of the things that, that Donald Trump said on his way to saying, you know, African-Americans have nothing to lose, they ought to come over... Uh, to my campaign, some of the things he said are true about uh, about the the desperate state of uh, African American youth and employment, uh, about the levels of poverty that African Americans uh, live in, and and I guess my question is, did any of that resonate with you as something that, if you're not in favor of Donald Trump, maybe you ought to sort of be asking Hillary Clinton tougher questions about what she might do to turn those things around? Do you worry that 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 she's not up to the task of making? conditions better for African-Americans? I've got more faith in Hillary Clinton being favorable to me than Donald Trump, because if you look at the Republican Party, period, what do they do? They tried, they went out here, and they're trying to make it more difficult for, you know, just not us, but people who were basically were Democrats to vote. And I mean, that affects, you know, blacks slash African-Americans adversely, okay? And, you know, the whole nine yards... Black people are not welcome into the Republican tent. Because, I mean, when Donald Trump went out, what was it, Diamonddale? And, I mean, as Bo Schimberger says, some godforsaken city. I mean, you know, <laughs> he goes out there 
to where I think they said there's about one or two percent of the population Diamonddale is black. He goes out there and he lays all of these disparaging remarks down about, you know, what how black folks in the city here in Detroit. He was here two weeks ago and he if he if he had any kind of character, he should have said what he meant here. When he was here, you mean, yeah. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Tom, thanks very much uh, for the call. Uh, Governor Blanchard, uh, talk about this appeal of Donald Trump to African-Americans and and then talk about uh, what Hillary Clinton may be able to do to address some of the things that he's talking about. I mean, these are longstanding questions, I think, in American politics and in both parties, which is that you get uh, Republicans not even, uh, typically not even making a gesture uh, toward uh, the African-American community or, or its problems. Uh, but And then you have Democrats doing it, but then not always delivering once they once they get into office. How do you how do you see that breaking down this time? Well, first of all, I think Tom's comments are right on. I do. Uh, it's I think to go to what was what is generally considered an upper lower or lower middle class white area of people with less education in most areas, and then say, oh, to the blacks, none of which are in the audience. You live in poverty, your schools are no good, you have no jobs, what the hell do you have to lose? All he did was reinforce the stereotype to poor whites about blacks so they can feel better. The reality is there are a lot of poor whites. Did you hear me? Sure. Poor whites who live in poverty, whose schools are no good, who have no jobs. So it isn't, and I'm not going to refute what you say about the some of the inner city areas, a lot more has to be done. But the Democrats have been working at this for years. Yeah, and and, and as you point out, and you don't go in and you don't yeah. go in as he did and call the first African American president a liar in front of that audience, and then act like you're outreaching to blacks. He was reinforcing a stereotype, and you and I know it, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I resent just as an American. It's By sort the way, of the it's Democratic sort Party is a multiracial party. Everyone is welcome. We have to work harder at the future of our children and grandchildren, but it doesn't start by insulting groups that Mr. Trump has done day after day. Yeah, I mean, he's almost pity. I mean, I think the juxtaposition of what he said uh, and where he said it uh, really, as you point out, uh, exposed this as a as a method of pitting. Uh, poor whites against African Americans and making poor whites think that uh, that their problems, in in fact, are driven by uh, by African Americans instead of uh, by other factors. And and I, I think that's the reason that it likely fails. The the, the, the sort of uh, phoniness of the outreach, I think, uh, is is pretty apparent. But at the same time, he does make these points about what's going on. Yeah. And 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 you know, as much as Hillary Clinton, as much as Barack Obama has been able to sort of articulate uh, the need to focus on these problems, uh, to deal with them differently and think differently about them. We still are in this, this really desperate place where, where a lot of people, I think, feel, feel left out. No, I, and I think that's why we care about universal health care. That's why we worry about sure. universal preschool education. That's why we worry about having health clinics in the schools. That's why we worry about job training and apprenticeships. And yes, for the kids that can get prepared, a free college tuition for families with the incomes below about 125000 to to public universities. 
there are a lot of things we can do. As the caller, Tom, pointed out, though, when you look at the Republican Party, all over the country they're trying to suppress the minority vote. There's a reason for it. And I think it's because minorities generally understand that the Democratic Party is a broad-based, multiracial party that cares about civil rights and human rights and women's rights and believes that the government can be a force for good, for uplifting people, not a solution for everything, but a force for good in the right situations. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Jim Blanchard, former governor of Michigan, former ambassador to Canada. We're talking about the 2016 presidential election, uh, the campaigns that are getting heated up right now. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Uh, Donald Trump continues to fall down in the polls. Uh, if you are a fan of Nate Silver and his 538.com this morning, I saw that uh, Hillary Clinton, according to Nate Silver, has about an 85 percent chance to win the election. Donald Trump is down to 15 percent. What will it take for Donald Trump to get back into that race, to move those numbers in the opposite direction? Is it outreach to African-Americans like he has uh, recently signaled that he is at least trying to do, uh, saying what do African-Americans have to lose by voting for Donald Trump because things are so bad? Uh, We're also talking about Hillary Clinton and what she needs to do to stay on top. What does she need to do to try to address some of the problems that we have in this country if she gets elected? You want to join the conversation? Give us a call, 313-577-1019, 313-577-1019. What did you think of what Donald Trump said about African Americans and their place and their role in this election? 313-577-1019 is the number. James in Troy, welcome to Detroit Today. You there, James? Uh, James. Oh, you got us, James. Oh, there we go. James. Oh, I got James Blanchard. Okay. Uh, Well, uh, for whatever reason, we couldn't hear James. Uh, Governor, uh, I want to ask about the campaign going forward. Uh, What do you expect to see from Hillary Clinton uh, as she sort of tries? It seems like it's early to be talking this way. But it seems like she's just got to close the deal here. I mean, the the advantage she has is so formidable at this point uh, that that it would take something dramatic to send it in in a different direction. How likely are we to see that kind of drama or is it uh, a matter of her sort of running out the clock here? Well, I think, first of all, I think the election will get a lot closer. Generally, elections for president, governor, those are elections generally are close. Yeah. Uh, and she is, is swimming upstream in the sense that we've had eight years of a Democratic president, even though I think he's underrated and he's done a wonderful job on the big issues. The, the fact is, after eight years of one party, people do want to look at the other party. Now, it's true, even people like Mitt Romney have said, Trump is a phony and a fraud, he's playing the American people for sucker. So <laughs> this does help us, uh, and William Milligan in Michigan as well. But I think it'll get closer you know, the press loves a good fight. They're not going to want Hillary to have what appears to be a free ride. She's been picked on, you know, publicly for 24 years, and before that as first lady for another six or seven in Arkansas. And so it, it has taken its toll on her. And I pointed out earlier, when she left the office of Secretary of State, her approval ratings were really very good. They're not as good as they should be now. And I think it's just the the wear and tear of the attacks on her on things that I think are overblown. So 
it's going to get closer, and we're going to fight like mad till the last dog dies in Michigan, <laughs> yeah, which right. is a key state. Yeah. It's going to get closer. I think she has to keep being herself, talk about the future, talk about economic opportunity and jobs, her, her jobs program, talk about tax fairness. I mean, she's released her tax returns. Trump won't do it. Most of us believe he doesn't pay any taxes. And as you know, the Republican Party's made a career out of telling rich people they're overtaxed. <laughs> so we're having to deal with all of that, and I think that Trump has nothing to lose in the debates. All he has to do is stand there and not do something stupid. Right. Yeah, the, and people will one. say, oh, he won, because he didn't act like a total jerk, <laughs> like right. a phony, like a fraud. The like advantage a, of low expectations, yeah, right? Yeah, so I mean, there's, I think it's, it's going to be a tougher election than I would like. <laughs> but we're going to work hard. The Clintons have lost elections before, sure. so they're not going to take anything for granted here. Not one voter, not one community. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Lee in Detroit. Lee, welcome to Detroit today. Hey, thanks for having me, Steve. Sure. Uh, I don't think that the African-American community should be voting out of fear of Donald Trump for Hillary Clinton. I think that we should be putting together uh, and asking for policies that are going to be uh, pushed through uh, by the Clinton administration that are going to help us in our condition. I think this whole playing the black community uh, with the lesser of two evils argument, you still end up with evil, and that evil ends up doing us a lot of harm in the long run because we haven't thought through what policy do we want. Yeah. Lee, that's a really great point. Uh, talk about the things that you think Democrats ought to be focused on uh, in terms of making conditions better for African Americans. Well, number one, um, I, I grew up at a time uh, when uh, that statement was made about super predators, right? Mm -hmm. sure. About how the black community is, is over-policed and we're imprisoned. And all that came along under Bill Clinton. Un and, those were, and those policies were echoed by Hillary Clinton. I think that if we had more community policing, we wouldn't have all these shootings. If people came from the community that were on the police force, and these police, especially here in Detroit, are shipped in from Taylor and Brownstown and Warren and other cities uh, with those types of attitudes, and they don't actually come from Detroit, I think we have a much better situation when it comes to, to the Black Lives Matter issues. Um, I also think that jobs being moved further and further away from where black people live is a major issue. Sure. And, uh, and maybe if we could stop some of this redlining at the federal level by subsidizing the building of more and more suburbs, um, you know, I think that would help the black community. I think if pay raises went up, if it was mandatory that, you know, that your pay increase with the cost of living, I think that would help poor black and white people. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that a lot of policies that are, that are, that are pushed not only help poor blacks, but also help poor whites. They help poor Americans. But I think that racism is a cancer at the heart of American society until we come to terms and deal with that head on and quit talking around the issue. Uh, I think we're going to keep ending up with this polarization um, in, uh, in, in our politics. Yeah. Uh, Lee, thanks very much uh, for the call and, and for the thoughts. Let's quickly go to Tracy and Detroit. Uh, Tracy, By the way, I, I like yeah, what Lee Go ahead, said. James. Yeah. Go ahead, I just Governor. want to say I like what Lee said, and I let out with the fact that I think my feeling is positive toward Hillary. It just so happens that I think Trump is a disaster and somewhat deranged. <laughs> but I'm for Hillary because I really believe she will do really good things and has had a great career. Yeah, uh, Tracy in Detroit, uh, quickly go ahead. Hi, um, Hi, I think that the nation doesn't know what the Obama administration has done. Uh, Trump grossly overstated uh, black youth unemployment, and he neglected yeah. to mention that the highest educated uh, group of people uh, proceeding forward right now is African-American women. Mm -hmm. And what we need are jobs. 
I work with homeless people with chronic mental illness, and this is an initiative completely started by the Obama administration. And a lot of it is funneled through HUD and the ACA. The Republicans have promised to dismantle the ACA, and that means these services... That program will go away, yeah. It will absolutely vanish. There's absolutely no question Hillary Clinton will pick up that ball because there is endemic racism. It's still there. But what it comes down to is economic power. We need jobs. Uh, African Americans are being educated at an unprecedented rate, largely due to democratic policies, okay, and opportunities. And all, all, all that's needed is jobs because then you have the economic power, okay? Then you come to the table. The vast majority of my clients, even though they've been homeless with severe and persistent mental illness, could do some job. But yeah. we need but jobs. But the jobs aren't, aren't, aren't there. They're need, not easy for them right. to get to. And we need the maintenance of these social programs, like being able to go to Wayne State, being able to move oneself up through a GED program and up through college and then to have a job at the end of that. Yeah, that's uh, how it's going to work. Tracy, and it'll all go away. Thanks very much. The great, uh, great comments there, uh, Governor Blanchard. Uh, thanks very much for being with us on uh, Detroit today. Uh, we'll have you back before the election. Stephen, thank you. Well, there's a lot we can talk about. Yeah. I appreciate the callers' views. Yeah, yeah, we got By great way, callers started, on this show. <laughs> we started a community policing program when I was governor. We thought it worked quite well, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. and we need to raise that minimum wage. That'll help. But remember, all the construction projects are going to go on in Detroit. We need to make sure a fair share of Detroiters are ready for those jobs. And that means they have to start with apprenticeship programs now. That's that right. needs to be done by the governor. I know the mayor is concerned about it, but, you know, this is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. they got to get people able to participate in all that economic activity. Uh, governor Jim Blanchard, former governor of the state of Michigan, former ambassador to Canada. That's one of my favorite things that you've done, ambassador to Canada. That's a really cool Thank job. You. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks for being here. We'll we'll catch up with you soon. All right. Up next, we're going to continue our conversation about election 2016. Stay on the phones. David in Detroit, Pat in Detroit, Tracy in Detroit, and 313-577-1019 if you want to join the conversation. Up next, Sheikha Dalmia, senior analyst at the Reason Foundation, former, former editorial writer at the Detroit News, is going to join us to talk about the other side of the ledger here, the conservative side, what's going on in the Republican Party. Stay with us on Detroit Today.